such a thing as babies who play independently? Is this a skill that only comes later on, if at all? I'm here to answer this question today with 10 ways that babies play and ways to encourage them to play. You're listening to The Parenting Junkie Show, the place to go to love parenting and to parent from love. I'm your host, Avital. Hi, I'm Avital. I'm a mindful parenting coach. I'm the mother of five. And my goal here on The Parenting Junkie is to help you to love parenting and to parent from love. One of the most profound ways to enjoy parenting is to reclaim what I call the pillar of childhood, which is independent play, immersive, imaginary play. You do not have to wait for your child to be a toddler or a a preschooler for them to learn how to play independently. In fact, independent play can start from the earliest of days with a newborn. Here's how. Number one, don't entertain your baby. Of course, just like I am, you're gonna be drawn to smiling at your baby, cooing, singing, playing with them from time to time throughout the day. Other times you're going to be caring for them, maybe nursing them, feeding them, changing their diapers and putting them to sleep. But when it's those short windows of baby is alert and clean and not hungry and not tired, that would be a time to start to develop their independent play muscle and to allow their natural curiosity and their natural development to occur. Babies and children are born designed and wired for play and exploration. That is exactly what they're built for and it will happen naturally if we give it the time and space. However, we are told by so many people that we need to entertain the baby. We need to shake a rattle in their face. We need to sing songs to them. We need to put them in front of something that flashes and dances and keeps them busy. And in fact, This actually undermines their ability to entertain themselves and to explore uh, in their own time at their own pace. It can sometimes overwhelm them and take over for them so that their simple curiosity has no room, no space, no time. So the first step is to stop getting them hooked on always being entertained passively by you, by a screen, by a machine, and instead give them the time to do it themselves. Number two is to pause. And I took this phrase from the book, Bringing Up Bebe, all about French parenting. And they actually relate it to pausing with regards to sleep when babies wake up to pause a moment before you pick them up because they might settle themselves back to sleep. And it's called la pause, the pause. And the truth is that this concept is important when babies are playing as well. When we put a newborn down or a young baby down on the floor to play, they might grunt, whine a little bit, make some noises and complain. And sometimes, I know I'm totally like this, I'll quickly come to save them, to rescue them, to scoop them up and to do something else with them, to hold them, for example. Without so much as pausing and listening and observing and giving it a little bit of space to see if maybe they settle into playing, if maybe they'll go back into it, if maybe those noises are just them, you know, exploring their body, doing their yoga, as it were, right? So. It's really important not to rush in to save a baby from a little bit of boredom, a little bit of time on their own. That's actually the gateway into their independent worlds, their play. 
and their imagination. So if a baby is lying there and they're grunting and you're not yet sure that they are complaining, that they are calling for you, that they need you, if you're not sure that's the signal, give it a little pause and just observe and just notice. Sometimes they'll settle right back into playing and you don't need to rush to scoop them up. The next one is to keep it really simple. Babies are new to the world. Everything to them is fresh and exciting. Now, often we are conditioned by a kind of consumerist and materialist society that tells us we need to buy all these toys for babies. They need colorful things or things with high contrast or things that make sounds. Uh, they need plastic, they need fabric, they need all these different toys. But the truth is that for a baby, even looking at a shadow on the wall or the way the light is dancing on the ceiling or just noticing objects and trying to adjust their eyes to focus on near and far, trying to get control of these gangly arms by their sides, trying to move and maneuver their body into crawling or into pulling themselves up or sitting or rolling over, all of that constitutes play for a baby. They don't actually need additional external stimuli beyond the world at large. Just feeling the air on their skin, noticing the people walking around, listening to the natural sounds that are happening in their environment, all of that is already fascinating, is already a lot of stimulation. And young children get easily overstimulated, at which point they can shut down and start crying. So sometimes people will put a baby down in a play space full of all their favorite toys, or so they think, and when the baby starts crying, they think the baby is bored. But the truth is that the opposite might be happening. The baby might be overstimulated and needing to turn their head away or shut their eyes because it's too much for them to take in. So instead of overwhelming your baby, you wanna keep it really, really simple with only one or two bright items for them to look at with only one or two things that are close within reach so that they can actually master and take in and process what's going on around them. And again, the most profound forms of play for a baby are gonna be within their own body, right? Mastering their body and just the textures, colors, and light that is already happening around them. It's all new, it's all exciting. They don't need the novelty. Number four is to stay nearby but not interfere. So there's a great quote that says that children like to be in the center of attention but not at the center of attention. And this is a great kind of frame for how to relate to baby's play. They wanna be in the hub, right? They wanna feel the action like, you're around, you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're reading your book, you're nearby. They're not alone, they're not isolated. However, they don't actually need your eyes on them. They don't need your attention. They don't need you to constantly entertain them. And you've probably seen this if you ever wear your baby in a carrier and they have this kind of alert but calm state. It's a beautiful state where a baby's basically observing what's going on around them. They're at the hub, they're at the center of attention on you, but they are not the center of attention themselves. Not all eyes are on them. And that's a great kind of flowy state for a baby to be in and start to learn around the, about the world around them. So when they're playing on the floor independently, it's not that, that we need to leave them alone and come back later and, and you can sometimes for a few minutes, you know, do something else and come back and check on them as long as they're in a safe yes space. And I will link to my video all about a safe yes space. But the idea is that they should feel that your closeness is there so that they don't actually feel abandoned or neglected, right? They hear the noises, you're around, you're in and out. Maybe they're nearby you, maybe they can see you even better, right? But you are not entertaining them or getting involved or over directing their play. 
Number five is to really think about things from a baby's point of view and keep things low down. You might have all sorts of pretty decorations like a mobile, pictures on the wall, all sorts of toys, but really it might benefit you to get down on the floor and see things from their level and see what could be interesting or what could they explore. When you're putting a newborn down for maybe time, you know, just to, to play and observe when they're alert and happy or a young baby, um, you might need to think about what's in their periphery, what can they see? What can they reach as they start to do that kind of thing? So really start to examine the space from a low point of view. And you can think of some, uh, you know, interesting ways of keeping things comfortable and interesting for the baby. So not that you have to entertain them or make it fascinating or whatever, but perhaps think about the mat that they're lying on. That's what they're going to be seeing if they're on their tummy, right? Their eyes are gonna be pointed down. It's gonna be very strenuous for them to look up at a mobile or anything in that position. What, what are they seeing in front of them? Maybe that's where you place just a simple ball or one wooden object or something like that, right? You might even wanna take it further into something like a floor mirror, right? Just make sure to get the plastic or Pyrex ones. I will link to those below. And in fact, I'll link to all my favorite baby items below so that you can uh, browse those links. But something like a floor mirror can be fascinating for babies for a length of time. The sixth way that I want you to develop independent play for your baby is to keep trying. So many parents come to me and say, well, my baby just won't play. And that turns into my toddler just won't play and my child just won't play. But biologically and evolutionarily, that doesn't make any sense because kids are designed to play. Babies are playful creatures. That is how they learn about the world. That is how they acclimate. That is how they develop and adjust. It's all through play. And so if the baby isn't playing, it might be because we're not giving them enough opportunities to. And a lot of the culprit of this is strapping babies in, strapping babies into car seats, into high chairs, into swings, into bounces. When babies are restricted in their movement and they don't have enough freedom, why would they develop any independence, right? So we all have to use the stroller or the carrier or the car seat from time to time, but we need to make sure there are long stretches or multiple long stretches of time every single day when babies are unrestricted and given the freedom to explore. Now, your yes space is going to be a crucial element to this, so please do check out that video. It's really, really important. But another crucial part is just keeping trying. Just because you put your baby down once and they happen to be crying, maybe they were gassy, maybe they were tired, maybe this time it will work. So don't give up. Really readjust your mindset. Don't label your baby as just high needs and won't play, etc. Expect them to be able to. They are wired for this. It will be so beneficial for their development and make parenting so much easier for you. The next one is to keep trying different timing. If your baby seems to not be interested in play or not be able to be alone for any length of time, for even a few minutes, then you might need to look at your routine and your schedule and what their flow and rhythm is. And I know that can be really hard to get into. One of the great approaches to this, and I'll link the book about it below, is the EASY method, E-A-S-Y. So it goes eat, awake, sleep, and then that's time for you. 
So the most important thing here is just to know that after they eat, that would be a little bit of awake time. And that's your playtime essentially, right? When they have slept and they've eaten, hopefully they've burped, they've had a clean diaper change, whatever they need, and they're comfortable, that would be a great time to try putting them uh, on the floor for a little bit of independent playtime. And just to kind of set this all into context, to begin with at least, it's really gonna be a matter of just a few minutes, right? It could be anywhere between one and 10 minutes. And as they grow a little bit older, you can expect that time to elongate a little bit. Eventually, you'll have kids, hopefully, who can play for hours on end, as I do. It's a great pleasure. As a parent, it makes everything so much easier, and I know it's the healthiest thing for my kids as well. So that's why I'm doing this video, because I really want that for you, and I really want you to set it up from the get-go so you avoid a lot of the mistakes that many of us parents make and set yourself up for success with this from the beginning. So if you're finding that your baby's just not happy to play, maybe that's a time when they need a nap or that's a time when they're still hungry. And what you really wanna do is make sure they're satiated, they've slept well, that would be the optimum time for them to play. The next one is to keep trying different positions as baby grows. So in the newborn stage, they're really only going to be playing on their back, maybe on their tummy in a little bit of tummy time, if that's okay for them. Um, and as they start to move, you wanna start seeing how they are comfortable and how they're interested in playing. You can put them down in the position that they can get into themselves. You'd never wanna put a baby in a position that they can't naturally withstand and get into by themselves. So for example, you wouldn't put a newborn in a sitting position. Um, but as they are able to sit, as they're able to crawl, start experimenting with the location and with the position that you're putting them in. Are they happy playing in a playpen? Some babies feel really good, kind of enclosed and safe in something like a playpen. Others would feel great on a mat or on the rug. So just start to experiment and see how baby is most comfortable. Speaking of comfort, that's the next tip, is also just to make sure that they're physically comfortable. Maybe your baby's not playing because it's too cold down there on the floor or too hot or uh, scratchy or they're uncomfortable with their diaper and sometimes they'll be complaining and you'll think it's because they can't play but really it's because they're not physically comfortable. So this goes back to the timing and just making sure they're satiated, they've slept, they're physically comfortable, nothing's itching them, there's no sun in their eyes where they happen to be lying. You know that happened to me, I put my baby down to play recently, my, my newborn, and uh, the sun was directly in his eyes and just shifting around his mat to the other direction made the world of difference and he was then happy to be there for several minutes. And the final 10th tip is to think about the sounds. Sound is another form of exploration that babies essentially play with. That's how they explore the world as well. So you don't need to go overboard with squeaky, crazy, flashy sounds in their face, but adding perhaps some gentle classical music or some lullabies or some baby music, whatever it is that you like, um, to the space might keep your baby really uh, just enthralled and entertained and fascinated in and of themselves. So they're there, they're just chilling, they don't have a million toys around them, but they're listening to music just like you and I would love to unwind to that. Um, that can make a huge difference in encouraging babies to play independently. So I'll just finish off by saying keep at it. Most children 
are really wonderful, amazing, intense, imaginative players if it is unleashed, right? If they are allowed to by their environment and by their caregivers. And a huge part of this is our mindset. Do you believe your baby can do it? Do you believe that it's good for them? Are you gonna feel guilty leaving them for a few minutes to play when they are happy, comfortable, and safe? Um, then it's not gonna work, right? If you keep thinking that this is not a great thing for them or that they can't do it or that they're just too, whatever it is, too stubborn or too difficult, then of course that's gonna be a self-fulfilling prophecy. So you must believe in your baby, believe in yourself and know that this is so healthy for babies. Babies can play and the primary reason they don't is because we interfere and get in the way and overpower them with our entertainment and our toys and our loud noises and we just need to give them a little bit of time, a little bit of space and a lot of trust and they can do this. Does your baby already play or are you gonna try some of these tips? If you are, I would love it if you tag me over on Instagram at Parenting Junkie. Make sure to follow me there. I am so thrilled to help you with loving parenting and parenting from love. And here's what's coming next week. Do you have a little toddler at home and you are tearing your hair out, trying to find ways to keep this person busy without always resorting to screens? If so, I've got you, I totally feel it. And I am here with five ways that toddlers generally love playing independently and that you can use today to keep your little person occupied and busy without screens. Thanks for listening to The Parenting Junkie Show. If this was helpful for you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Subscribing to the show means you'll get the bonus episodes that I only deliver here. And when you rate and review the show, it helps other parents find it. I'll be shouting out some of my favorite reviews in upcoming episodes and would love to spotlight you. And remember, keep on loving parenting and parenting from love. Namaste.